Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello and welcome to a day of prayer. Thank you for joining us for our morning Bible study. Let's pray. Lord, we just honor you. We thank you. We bless your name, Lord God. We forgive any that have offended us, Lord God, or caused harm to us in any way, perceived or real. God, we just let them go before you, and we ask you to forgive them and cover them with your blood, Jesus, and help them to look up and see you, Jesus Christ. We thank you for forgiving us for our sins, Lord God, as we've forgiven our brothers and sisters. Lord, we thank you for all that you are and who you are, Jesus. And we ask you to be in here, be here in our midst. Minister to us, Lord God. Help us to hear your voice clearly, Lord God, and understand your will and your ways. Holy Spirit, we give you free reign. Minister to us, Lord. And we thank you for all things. We thank you for you causing the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened, that we may know what the hope of our calling is in you, Jesus Christ. And we bless your name, Lord, in Jesus' name. We accept it and we receive it. We have it. We know it's ours. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So this morning we are in 2 Samuel chapter 12. All right. Who would like to volunteer to read the first section of Scripture? I will. All right, Layla, go for it. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. And a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this thing shall surely die, and he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping, and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife, and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Now therefore the short shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it in secret, but I will do this thing before all Israel before the sun. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord has also put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. 
blaspheme, sorry, the child who is also born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house. Okay, there's a lot in there, but I want to start off with you guys and hear what the Holy Spirit's revealed to you. And of course, if there are any questions or comments, please share, ask. Okay? Yes. All right. Who wants to begin? The only thing I could think of in verse 12 when um, he said, when Nathan, that is, said, you didn't. It you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. It just reminded me of the scripture where the Lord had said, "Nothing that was done in secret would remain hidden. Everything would be exposed and laid bare before Him, to Him whom whom we must give an account." So I just found that interesting. It just made me think of that while I was reading it. Okay. True. The Lord knows everything. He sees mm -hmm. all. Yes, he does. He has eyes that wander the entire earth, right? There's the Holy Spirit who sees everything. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, he knows. He knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Mm -hmm. So, he knows why we did the action or said the words that we said, whatever it was. And how come the Lord said that David had given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme? Mm. That is a great question and observation. Why do you think, do you have a, an idea or none? Uh, no. Uh, because he, everybody saw him as being upright and a righteous man of God and he knew Everybody knew that David was the Lord's anointed and the Lord's choice. But then he went and did something as terrible as to steal his neighbor's wife and kill him and not uphold the commandments, especially when he was reprimanding the priests for the ark. And he even went so far as to take the woman to be his wife. Yes, instead of leaving her alone after that. Yes, well, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot actually said on that. Um, we'll start towards the, the back of the Bible. All right, 2 Corinthians 6.3. Paul instructs us to have a, a ministry that is just like our, our walk with Christ, right? To be blameless. He says that we give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed, right? Mm -hmm. But in all these things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God, right? In much patience, in tribulations and knees, distresses and stripes and imprisonments, in tumults and labors and sleeplessness and fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, right? It's only how we walk in those things. Romans also says it another way. Um, let's see. Chapter 2, verse 6. Yes. 
You want to read that, honey? Chapter 2, verse 6. Give me just a moment. I'm sorry. What did I say, verse 6? No, it was 24, verse 24. Thank you. I apologize. Then you might want to read up a little bit. Go back a couple verses. Okay, well, um, start in verse 21. It says, You therefore who teach another. Uh, this is this is excuse me. This is Romans two, starting in verse twenty one. You therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? Do you say do not commit adultery? Do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? Verse twenty four. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. And where it is written is all the way in Ezekiel, chapter 36. And uh, it really begins in verse 16, but there's two verses specifically, and we'll just cover those verses. Ezekiel, what, sweetheart? Chapter 36. 36. Yes. Okay. Everybody there? What verse we start? Yes. We're going to we're just going to read the two verses that at this point applies to. It's really a whole section. It really starts on verse 16 where he's talking about the renewal of Israel, but it's verses 20 and 23. And it says, "When they came to the nations, Wherever they went, they profaned my holy name. When they said of them, These are the people of the Lord, and yet they have gone out of his land. Uh, oh, actually, I'll read right through. So that was verse 20. Verse 21. But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations wherever they went. Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel. But for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. And all the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. So, it's significant. Disobedience to the Lord, not just in following of laws, but to him, to his word. Right? Let's, let's not forget that he holds his word above his name. Mm-hmm. So when we don't uphold his word, we don't follow his commandments as the things that he instructs us in, right? which are his thoughts, his ways, and we can only know them through a relationship with him and him instructing us and leading us through his Holy Spirit. When we are disobedient to him, we are profaning his name. What type of an example does that set? For example? Clearly. Right? We see another place. How can you say you love someone? If we are fighting against them, if we're doing all these things against them, 
right? We're constantly instructed to love one another. Jesus says this, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Right? Yes. Yes. The thing else is, they, the nations, of people that are not yet in a relationship with the Lord, will also know that the Lord is God by your love for him and also for one another. Right? Yes. Okay. But when we are disobedient, it is a breaking of faith. How can we say that the Lord is our God if we are not going to follow what he's instructing us to do, to say, how to live? How can that work? Jesus was the pattern example. Why? Because he was obedient in every aspect of his life, mm -hmm. completely submitted and yielded to the leading of the Father through the Holy Spirit, working in and through him, mm -hmm. which is exactly how we should be, how we should approach our life in every aspect thereof. And when we don't do that, we give place to the enemy. We allow them to have a foothold. Right? Yes. And you think people don't see that? They do. Absolutely they do. Everyone sees the hypocrisy. The contradictions. So we shouldn't be unaware of those things. Mm -hmm. We should absolutely know and bring them before the Lord and deal with those things in our life, our lives, our life. Mm -hmm. All of us together, the body of Christ, our lives and our walk before the Lord. Growing, maturing, and continually being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Yes. Um, as we're looking at this, I want to, oftentimes there's not just one superficial singular plane thing that's happening. There's, there's, off, there's a spiritual side to it, then there's a natural side to it. And um, we referenced uh, maybe the chapter before this, chapter 11, we talked about when Jesus said, the ruler of this world is coming in John 14, verse 30, but he has nothing in me. So, and also Paul says in another place, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers and wicked mm -hmm. places, places, et cetera, et cetera. Ephesians 6. So it's not a, yes, we do have a responsibility to uphold God and represent him right, righteously and accurately before believers mm -hmm. and non-believers so that we, we don't cause them to stumble and they're able to see God clearly and come to him freely without going, well, wait. Um, what about this person? But also, think about Adam and Eve in the garden. I know we talk about them a lot, but it's only because when God created them and the standard and the, the way that he created them, he said, this is good. So clearly it's what he wants. So we're looking back to look at what God created 
because this is what he desired. And then when they altered from his desire to compare and look at that as well. Um, Satan was in the garden, right? Yes. Had, you know, had an agreement with the snake serpent and they committed this um, deception, but it was against two. God. It was against God because what is a human to Satan? Nothing. It wasn't. It wasn't a human that he was trying to replace and overthrow. It was God, right? So yes. you can see Satan trying to intermingle with mankind to throw a wrench in what God is doing in His plan, right? Yes. And you can even see that with when the Lord said, "Now this is the result of your actions." He's gonna. You're going to, um, he's going to bruise your heel. You're going to bruise his head, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That prophetic word that came forth when him telling them, this is what's going to happen now as a result. Satan is always trying to throw off what God is doing. Here David is. He just had, in addition to the word of you're going to be king, et cetera, et cetera. A couple chapters back, God just pronounced, you're always going to have someone to sit on your throne. Who is that? Jesus. That seed he was talking about is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you think back to 1 Samuel, we talked about how the enemy is always trying to throw seeds and tears into your, your destiny track so that at some point he can get a harvest out of it. Right? Yes. At some point he can come back and claim, hey, that's mine. And there are spiritual laws that he's enacting upon and, and counting on to be able to accuse you before the Father, and disqualify you from inheriting the blessing and to ultimately steal your life, your, your spiritual life, the eternal separation from God, your, your entrance into heaven to steal that from you, you, us, hum, humanity, mankind, right? To steal that yes. connection with the Father, but to cause spiritual death now and physical death. So as, as God is talking about, you've given occasion to my enemies, is God an enemy, an enemy with humanity, like no. a human? Yes, there's, there's, there was enmity between us because of the sin nature, but Satan <laughs> is on the on the agenda, mm-hmm. right? Because at, yes. when we flip to the Revelation, we see that all that's going to be done away with, right? Yes. Locked up, put in the lake of fire, never to interfere or cause harm to anyone again. Right? Yes. As well as with those that feel like that's the way they want to go. So Jesus said, the ruler of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. So although, even though God asked him to die on the cross, he, he was physically dead. He went down to hell. Satan couldn't keep him. Correct? Yes. Now, if he had sin in his life, he would have had a reason to go, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, uh-uh, God, you can't do that. You know the rules. That's why the law of life in Jesus Christ supersedes the law of sin and death. So as you're looking and you're thinking about this, remember it's not what we are looking at. Our life, our daily life every day is not just for today. It is for tomorrow. And tomorrow and tomorrow's tomorrow and tomorrow after that and generations coming. It is more than just today. More than just what you can see with your natural eyes. Right? Yes. Because we, you know, a scripture we refer to often is James chapter one. 
Each man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust. And when sin brings forth its, forth its fullness, I, I jumped over a couple of verses there. When sin brings forth its fullness, when it reaches capacity, it brings forth death. Death to your destiny. Death to your potential and possibilities. Death to your physical body. And it even tries to sow its seed of death in the generations coming. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 4, God says, blessed is the fruit of your body. The wicked one can't touch them, right? The hedge of protection is up when we, the parents, are living our life righteously and doing what God asked us to do. The wicked one can't touch us. Yes. So the fruit of our body is blessed, and then God continues to pour out his blessing because that's what's in That's all God has is blessing. He's a good God, right? That's what he does. He blesses. He blesses. But in verse 18 of the same chapter, when you depart from following the ways of God, cursed is the fruit of your body. Now death has given entrance to their life even when they're yet babes. Not old enough to make a choice or decision for themselves. But now because of a parent's action, the, the wicked one has free range. He has an open door to run ruckshot. So when we tell you guys and we, we counsel you, just walk the path that God has for you. Resist, resist sin, resist evil, because there's a cost. How many times have you done something like, ooh, you thought, oh, it's just a small thing. But then when you saw all the ramifications that rolled out as a result, did you go, ooh, I didn't think it was going to cost all that. Yes. Yes. It's happened a few times, hasn't it? I've been there myself. Yeah, we all have. I didn't know it was going to I didn't know it was for that much. I didn't know it was going to cost all that. I didn't know it was going to hurt these people over there. But here's or, the thing the Lord knows, which is why he's given mm -hmm. us the instruction, right? We bring this up constantly because it's his word. It's truth. We mm -hmm. know this. He explains the spiritual laws behind obedience mm -hmm. and, and, and sin. The, mm -hmm. sin, the things that happen, the consequences that happen mm -hmm. as a result of sin in Leviticus 26 and in Deuteronomy 28. Mm -hmm. There is a reason why the, the first part is so short. Just be obedient to the Lord. The short version is everything you touch prospers. And it's good. And it's good, right? <laughs> but then the bulk of that chapter, the majority of it, it is so long and so complicated when talking about the consequences of disobedience and sin. Mm -hmm. And it's because, not because God is doing it to you. It's because now you open the door to the enemy. Exactly. And you don't know exactly how it's going to play out because sin's complicated. Mm -hmm. So the Lord early on warns us, hey, don't be disobedient. Don't mm -hmm. allow sin to enter. Don't give it a place. Mm -hmm. Rule over it. You should be master over it. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it costs so much. It does. And thankfully, we have an advocate with the Father. Right? We have someone interceding on our behalf. Amen. We have both the Holy Spirit and Jesus, our Lord and Savior, defending us and protecting us. Don't complicate his job, his task. Don't make it harder for him to intercede for you by continually adding stuff to that list. Come in and stay underneath him. Don't make it hard for God to advocate for you. 
when he looks at your name, when he thinks about you, his son or daughter, he should be like, mm, yes. Glory to my name because <laughs> he's God. That's my child. I can bless this one. Yeah. I can bless her freely. I can bless him freely. And the enemy has nothing to say. All right. Job is a, a, also another example, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. It searched out. And, he's, and the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, mm -hmm. you have hedge, a hedge of protection all about him and his stuff. He, in other words, he could not touch him. There was no claim. There was no accusation he could bring. is also how we should be how we should walk and move in our relationship with the lord mm -hmm. and so when you sin of course come back to jesus repent 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 uh, you see that um in the next section that we no, you see it right here in verse 13 david said to nathan I've i have sinned against the lord and nathan said to david the lord has put away your sin mm -hmm. you shall not die that is you see David repent right there. So when Which is great because obviously when we cover first Samuel, you see all the times that this happened with Saul. Mm -hmm. Someone was brought to uh well, speak what the Lord said. Right? Yeah. We talked we talked about how the Lord doesn't violate his own word, right? Mm -hmm. yes. And uh you see that in Matthew eighteen uh, starting in verse 15, I'll read 15 through 17. This is what Jesus says. Everybody there yet? You said chapter 15, verse 17 of Matthew? Yes. Okay. Oh, sorry. Matthew 18, okay. verse 15 through 17. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear then, or hear them, excuse me, tell it to the church. But he refuses to hear even or even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Hmm. The Lord doesn't violate his own word. Mm -hmm. The Lord absolutely talked, spoke with David about his actions. He has an anointing mm -hmm. from the, the Lord, Lord. the right. Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. ministering to him on his behalf, guiding him, right? He's constantly, was constantly inquiring of the Lord, what should I do? Okay, that's communication. That's dialogue. That's furthering the relationship with the Lord. And now, it doesn't say that the Lord said anything, but we know our Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. He always comes to us first. We know his character, yeah. So the fact that he has to now send Nathan, mm -hmm. the prophet, you see enacted here exactly what Jesus talked about in the section of Scripture we just read in Matthew. He doesn't violate his own word. He lives by his word. Mm -hmm. This is the word he holds he above his word. very name. Jesus is the word. He is the word. Mm -hmm. So you see him, the Lord, 
follow his the instructions he's given. He lives by them mm-hmm. also, which is why we need to live by them. And yes, this was clearly to confront David because he clearly would not listen to the Lord beforehand. Mm-hmm. However, David's response was to immediately repent. Well, well, no, it, well. after it was... After he kind of got caught red-handed after sure. a parable, and he got so outraged by it, but he had let this prolong forever. For a long time. For for Not forever, but, you know, in, in a slang version of, of forever. He had let it go on at least the time of pregnancy. We know that's... He writes about that in Psalms. Nine Absolutely. to ten months. That, that's yes. about ten months for pregnancy. So ten months of being separated from God and hardening his heart. To now, at this point, he all he can hear is a, a parable or a riddle. You know what I mean? Like here, here's this little story I'm going to tell you. But he couldn't come to him and say, "Hey, son, what you did with this woman is not right." When God should be able to talk to us, you know, He should have been able to talk to His man as He had plainly at other times, right? When He yes. said, "Should I go up and overtake him?" God said, "Nope, you're going to go around this way, wait for the tree. You know, do they hear me in the mulberry in the bush tops, and then you're going to go for it." So God was able to speak with him plainly and openly at one point, but now he cannot. He's got to get in there with a, uh, a story, if you will, because it had been so long, David hardening his heart, because he knew right from wrong. He heard the Holy Spirit, as he had at other times. Who taught David how to behave wisely, like a king? The Lord did. The, Lord did. the Holy Spirit. So the same God taught him, no, you should not do this. And also taught him, don't keep persisting in it. Come on back. Turn around, son. It's not too late. Come on back. It's not too late. As long as you have breath in your body, it is not too late to come back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I can't say never too late, but I can say it's not too late as long as you are still living. It's not too late to come back to the Lord. So don't dig a hole further. Stop what you're doing and turn around. And of course, the best thing is, the better thing, the more excellent way is to not add trouble to yourself. Mm-hmm. Instead of always having to come back to square one, you know, keeping yourself causes you to be able to move forward. Instead of repeatedly fixing mistakes, uh, or if you could compare it to circling the mountain over and over and over when the journey was a few days up the road. But instead, they circled this mountain, circled this mountain over and over. Yes. Um, Anyone else got anything on did the Holy Spirit reveal anything else to anyone in this section of Scripture? No. What are you thinking, promise? Just looking over the part where verse seven to. I was reading with the part, re-reading with the part that, from verse 7 to 11. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's that out to you, sir? Kind of like when Nathan had said, the Lord had given David Saul's home, mm-hmm. Saul's wives, mm-hmm. and his house, mm-hmm. wives, everything. And the entire kingdom of Israel he gave them. Mm-hmm. 
And then what's he say? Because that part's key. He says, okay, go ahead. Where is it? End of verse 8. And if it, if, sorry. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Mm-hmm. Mm. Amen. He blessed him with things that he couldn't even imagine. Couldn't even hardly dream of from being a shepherd as a young boy, mm-hmm. taking care of the flock. He was put in a place by the Lord beyond anything he could dream or think. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to you, Promise? That God said that to him, that he would have given him much more. That he would have actually waited and not, just not waited is, sorry. It's okay, honey. I don't mean, like, wait to do what he did, but I mean, like, if he had gone, well, I'm not going to do that because I know a blessing is going to come soon because that's happened in my life before. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> What's that? Tell me about it. Like, for example, I was planning to... Like, I was, I was planning to, I know I didn't get in trouble for it, but I was originally planning to, during school time, play around, but on that same day I got out because the Lord said, no, don't play around, just go downstairs already, because okay. there's a blessing on your way. Okay. Well, amen. So... Basically, you were making plans in your mind to waste time during your school day and maybe be late or get distracted. But God said, no, don't do it. I've got a blessing for you. And you listened to him. Is that right? Yes. And you ended up being freed or you you got a blessing and you ended up getting a blessing that day that changed a whole bunch of things for you. Is that right? Yes. Hmm. And they got more added to it. More blessing, more good? Yes. Okay. But it came as a result of what, sir? Obedience. To the Lord, yeah. Yes. But first you had to trust that he had good in mind and in store for you. You had to believe him because God could have said that to you and you could have been like, no, God, I don't think you're going to be nice to me. I don't think you're going to love me and show me good things and kindness. I can't trust you. I got to do it myself. You could have very easily have done that. Right? Yes. Has anyone made that choice before? Yes. And then? The results were what? Everything I was trying to take, I didn't get. Mommy and Dad said, you're about to get this, but since you did this, you can't have this. (laughs) (laughs) It caused you to miss out. Exactly. And, And usually when something like that happens, it invited some trouble to your life, didn't it? Yes. Yes. There were some consequences that you hadn't conceived of in your mind that now were a part of your everyday because of your choices. Is that right? Yes. So you can... David is a person. 
he is because he's still living, right? God said that he is a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're living with him, and I, I, I believe David is in the heavenly community, the kingdom right now. and Also. Yep. Worshiping before the Lord. But at the same time, we are people. We are here. Mm-hmm. And the Lord knows us, and he purposes good for us. Absolutely. We have to trust him. Mm-hmm. He knows what you want, what your desires are. Absolutely. Blessings come from trust and obedience, or trust or faith, whichever way you want to phrase it. But ultimately, obedience. Our James talks about that exact thing. Faith without works is dead. It's not about the works. Oh, I did this, or I went to church every Sunday, or whatever whatever it is. And that's not religious traditions. But it's obedience of whatever the Lord has told you to do. Because of your love for him. Exactly. Because you love him, you do the things that are pleasing to him. You trust because him. you love him. Not because you're afraid of him that he's going to punish you or he's going to hurt you. He said he has good intentions for us. And not because you're you're near him with your mouth, but your heart is far from him. So I'm doing all the actions, God, but I, I secretly despise you. He doesn't want that either because you, you can't maintain that. Eventually, what's on the inside of you will come out if you despise God. It's going to come out in your actions. But if you love him and you remember that he is your heavenly father, yes, he is our God. Yes, he is holy. He is the Lord of hosts, the almighty God. Absolutely. And he's also our father. He is our friend. He is our comforter and our companion. And we can trust him because before you ever had a thought in your head about doing yourself good, he had a million of the real truthful good. He had already planned a destiny for you that was that would be pleasing to you, that is sweet. doesn't mean there's not challenges, but it's good and it's satisfying and it's able to succeed. Trust God that he loves you. Yes, things may, they may hurt um, because most of it is emo- emotional, bringing yourself into, into alignment. But Jesus had to take physical hurt for us but it didn't harm him. It brought him into the very thing he desired, which was to be glorified again with the Father, with the same glory he had before the world was. Jesus literally says that. Mm-hmm. That's what he desired. Hence why the enemy said, I'll give you all the glory of these kingdoms if you do what? Bow down and worship me. He said, hey, I got a shortcut for you. Just come on over here and fall down and worship me. That's what he said to the true and living God, although he was in human earth earth form. You know what I mean? Flesh, blood, and bone, body. That's what he said to the God of all creation. Because Satan said, hmm, you got this flesh on, so I'm going to tempt you with what you really want. But what did Jesus say? Hmm. You should worship the Lord your God only. Right? Yes. Okay. So your God loves you. We as your parents love you, but we don't compare. Not even close. Anything (laughs) to what God loves and what he has for you, the good things. David was fully expected to rule over this situation with Bathsheba. Right? Yes. Yes. 
Temptation's not even able to come. Unless you're able to handle it. And not just handle it, but rule over it. Yes. That's exactly what was spoken to Cain. Which is also an example for all of us. Um, Genesis 4, I believe. Uh, there's another scripture in the New Testament that I was looking for. Okay. Corinthians 10, I believe. Uh, it's First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No okay. temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So, we know from, from James that Jesus, God doesn't tempt anyone with evil. He's not tempted by evil, and neither does he tempt anyone with evil. Is that correct? Yes. Go ahead and find that for me, Layla Ann. So, when temptation comes, it's coming from the tempter, the accuser of the brethren, Satan, right? Yes. Go ahead and read that for me, sweetheart. James 1.13 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Okay, so it's not God. We know it's Satan. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are not tempting anyone. But Satan is, right? Yes. So no temptation can even come to you unless it's one that is common to man. This was in the, the scope of what's allowable for humanity. But he will, God will not, who is faithful, will not even allow you to be tempted with that certain thing beyond what you are capable of handling, beyond what you're able, what you've been equipped for, right? Because he gave us the gifts, he, the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, to equip us for the work of the ministry. To train us, to lead us, to guide us. To rule in life mm -hmm. by one Christ Jesus, right? It's not even yes. coming your way unless you're able to handle it. And then, not only those things, but he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That means be successful. And we know our God doesn't halfway do anything. He does it to the full and to overflowing. He does a great job. What we would call great, outstanding, amazing. He says it's good. So, David was fully expected and he was equipped to handle that temptation. Now it's a matter of will you? What's your choice? Choose life. I'm going to tell you just like God did. Choose life. That you and your seed may live. Mm -hmm. And your generations after you. Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, I, I thought it was interesting that what the Lord said, um, verse 10, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. So we... Um, in chapter 11, we kind of considered that he took her as wife. I think someone asked a question about that. And just a curiosity of how did God feel about that? Was, it, was he displeased with one part of the actions or the whole thing? But you can see God was up. He was displeased and upset by the whole thing because none of it reflected him. When he said, I would have given you everything that you could have dreamt of and desired and more. I would have given you the world. You know, I've got air quotes going, but how we see it as humans, when we say, oh, I'll give you the world, that means everything that your heart desires. 
Jesus talks about that. I'll, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll give you the desires of your heart that your joy may be full. But the caveat is that you stay surrendered to him. Desiring the Lord mm-hmm. and relationship with him, right relationship with him. And desiring to be pleasing with God. Amen. But he's got all the good stuff. Look how he adorned Adam and Eve. They were naked of physical clothes, but the glory of God was their covering. And they had every precious jewel. Like they probably didn't even know what it was. Gold and the best gold and the gold was good. And <laughs> they had all these things, beryl and onyx, and it was good. And the water was good. And the fruit of the trees were good. They had everything. Literally, they had the world. Yes. The destiny. Just to be what God called them to be. And it was everything. But we're also called. Mm-hmm. We all, the Lord has given as a plan, a purpose, a destiny for each one of us. Mm-hmm. But just like Adam and Eve, we have to walk in it. Yeah. And it's a good destiny. Amen. All right. That's what he says to Jeremiah, right? I know the plans and the purpose mm-hmm. I have for you. To prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Mm-hmm. We have to trust him. We have to move forward in those plans and purposes that he has for Mm -hmm. us, not the plans that we devise for ourselves. Absolutely. And don't feel like God's plan is too burdensome. It's too heavy for you. He never meant for you to do it yourself. No, never. He never meant and intended for you to carry it and make it come to pass on your own. He just asked you to walk with him. Love him like he loves you. Trust him. Like Mm -hmm. he trusts you because he gave you the opportunity and be obedient to him. He gives everyone a chance and doesn't take away our ability to choose. So let's choose him. Mm-hmm. Let's let him be God. And let's submit to his lordship. Mm-hmm. All right, let's pause there. Who wants to close this out in prayer? Um, I will, honey. All right. Hmm. I thank you for today. I thank you for your peace, Jesus that passes all understanding, that it guards our hearts and minds before you, Jesus. Let your faith, your love, your peace, your kindness, your tender mercies, Lord God, and loving kindness surround your people today. The listeners, Lord God, but even believers that aren't listening to this particular broadcast, Lord God, or podcast. We thank you, Lord God, and we bring them before you, and we hold them up to you, God, and we ask you to bless them and keep them safe from all hurt, harm, and danger, Lord God. Make your path plain for them, Easy for them to see, Lord God, and a delight for them to walk in, Lord God. Be the light before their feet and what keeps their path straight. Lord, we just honor you because you're able to do it. You are the more than enough God. You are the Lord who was our provider. You are our righteousness, Lord God. You are our covering and our banner. That you declare your love for us at all times, God. And we just thank you for that. We receive your love. We know it, we see it, we recognize it, Lord God, and not in a distant knowing, Lord God, but a real, tangible way that we trust you. We put our lives in your hands, Jesus, and we cast our cares upon you because you are able to bear them. And not only that, you can keep what we commit to you and you can bring it to pass, and you will do so. You will finish the work that you began in us until we are brought to completion, the day of salvation, Lord God, till we come home to be with you. Or you come back and get us first. We'll take either one. We love you, God, and we just thank you for the ability to finish the journey that you've set us out on, that you've called us to, Lord. 
We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah to you, Most High God. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' wonderful and mighty name, amen. Amen. As always, we love you. Love you all with the love of Christ. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.